0: This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn.
1: Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast, Raw Rundown. I got my voice back. It's Adam Glynn. Over there is Dax Holt. We are the Hollywood Raw Podcast, the number two uh, entertain. No, I'm kidding. We are the... I was going to say the <laughs> stupid show. The number two... No one talks about being number two or number three. It's always number yeah. one. But we are the top entertainment news podcast in the country. Today is our Raw Rundown where we give you the top 10 stories of the week so you know everything that's going on in pop culture before the weekend. Uh, Dax, you have a busy week. We both have kind of crazy weekends this weekend coming up because you are going to your first BravoCon.
0: I am. I'm headed out to BravoCon. Well, we're, we're recording this on Thursday, as most people know, so I'm headed out there this afternoon, so I'll be there Friday, Saturday, come back early sunday morning but i'm excited to see what it's all about uh, i'm gonna be doing a bunch of stuff with melissa Rivers, so you guys will hear all that next week but uh yeah i'm excited melissa actually kind of hit me up and said hey do you want to go i've got an extra ticket i'd like to you know do some interviewing and random stuff uh and we can kind of collab with the podcast and so i said sure why not let's do this so um uh, headed out there
1: it's gonna be really interesting. I, I mean I hope you're prepared
0: for what you're gonna see. Yeah. Uh, I, like I have no like, expectation. What you I have no idea. I have no idea. I have I literally am going and we're just gonna see what the hell happens.
1: Yeah, it's um it's I don't even say it's overwhelming, but I'm curious how it's gonna be in Vegas. This is the first time they've done it in Vegas. Um it's usually in New York. So I'm curious like what people like fly in for this. Cause in New York I just feel like Maybe it was me. I, I don't know. I felt like I found a lot of people in New York who I ran into mm-hmm. that were going to it. This time, a lot of people actually have to travel to go to it. So I'm very curious how
0: it's going to be. Um, and I don't so, think I told you what we're going to uh, Heather McDonald's show on Saturday night. No way. Yeah, we're going to go to her live show. Check out. Check it out. So again, you, I, I literally you, don't have. I have. I have no idea what to expect this whole weekend. It's going to be crazy.
1: Yeah. I. Uh, you know. It's so funny. So I was going to go, but then I had a website. I don't want to see the entertainment news site. They're like, hey, we wanted you to come out to BravoCon. I'm like, all right, cool. They're like, we'll take care of it. And then they hit me up like two days ago. And they're like, listen, we'll pay for your hotel, but you need to pay for the airfare. And I was like, then who's paying me? Like, no, I'm not <laughs> paying. I'm not going out there for free. So it was Especially like- a,
0: a last minute airplane. Like, yeah, that's going to be cheap.
1: Yeah. No, I was just like, this doesn't make sense for me. I've done BravoCon, I, I've done BravoCon before. I would go, someone was paying my bill, but, you know, and, and I was- I don't know. It's just – I got to make money, people. So know what what con I'm going to, Dax, this weekend? What is that? I don't think I told you. I'm going to uh, exotic. I'm going to the porn convention this
0: (laughs) You get the best interviews because you've done this pretty religiously over the years, and you get the funniest interviews I have ever seen, like people dressed up like dogs, like random shit.
1: Yeah, it's really funny to me. I go not because I'm into any kinky stuff. It's just great people watching. I think actually – the porn convention over BravoCon. I was like, sort of debating. I was like, if I had nothing going on this weekend, I might have been like, you know what? I'll bite the bullet. I'll go to BravoCon. But the porn convention is really funny and it's entertaining, and actually, I can monetize it more based on yeah. like, social media videos and stuff like that. They actually get better traction. So I'm going to go there. And actually, the porn Exotica, the porn convention, is how I got my job at TMZ. I went years ago. I think it was 2007, maybe 2008. A buddy hit me up, said, "Hey, do you want to go to this convention?" At the time, I had no job, I had no money. I said I looked up the tickets. Tickets were super expensive, so I wrote a fake email to the company saying I want to cover the event. I said I made up a fake news outlet, and they gave me media credentials. And I went there and just bullshit my entire time. And uh, that video that I made, this was like in the pre-YouTube stuff, but it got a lot of clicks. Someone saw the video who worked at TMZ and said, "Dude, you should work at TMZ." I didn't even know what it was, and. That's kind of broke the ice and kind of got me in the door. So, um, so yeah, okay. it's kind of fun.
0: So going back to your old stomping grounds.
1: Going back to my old stomping grounds. You're going to see some of my uh, my <laughs> your old friends. friends. Yeah, oh, exactly. All right, let's get to a raw du- rundown. Actually, before we get to our raw rundown, we read a review. Dax, do you have
0: a review ready for us? Of course I've got a review ready for us. All right, this one comes from Kate Elizabeth ross w uh five stars says love the podcast dax and adam are great podcasters and interviewers their weekly rundowns on friday are always fun to listen to and they give great perspective on the industry shout out to their facebook group for being full of early news stories and fun people to talk about celebrity gossip with can you guys set up a forum on the facebook group or website so we can easily submit requests for future guests we want kate from ct i kate i would say just put it on the wall like you don't even need a forum there. Just put it straight on the wall because <laughs> that's where we're reading. Say, I want to, I want so-and-so to be on the podcast so we know who you guys are interested in, and then we can start reaching out. I would say that is probably the best way to catch our attention, honestly.
1: Yeah. We, we also always try to reach out. When someone says, hey, you should have this person on the podcast, majority of the time, unless it's like someone really kind of crazy like uh but i mean a majority of the time we do reach out even to like the big names you suggest it's not easy but it's you know i honestly i don't even care at this point like i kind of like i'd rather talk shit about them than have them on but yet again if they <laughs> want to clear the air come
0: on the podcast for sure
1: all right let's get to the raw rundown thank you for the review by the way
0: let's start it with story let's start from number 10 Number ten, Amy Schumer is turning her Instagram comments back on. Um, if you've been following her over the last uh, couple of weeks, she's been obviously very vocal about everything that's going on in the Middle East and Israel, um, and basically had put up a um, a video of Martin Luther King, basically saying, you know, don't be anti-Semitic, and instantly got a response from Martin Luther King's daughter saying he would very much be about a ceasefire, not just being anti-Semitic. And so she said, okay, you know, like I I need to hear and I need feedback. So she ended up turning on her comments after she had disabled them and put up up a couple things that said, couple things here. What I want is every hostage back. I want safety and freedom from Hamas for Palestinians and Israelis. I want safety for Jewish people and Muslims as well. Everyone, just like you, I want peace. And she says, I will never, you will never see me wishing harm on anyone saying that I'm Islamophobic or that I like genocide is crazy. So you guys, so here you go by popular demand comments on, please keep the below in mind. And um, basically, you know, just saying, I'm here to be informed. Feel free to write comments. My The thing with me is sometimes the comment section is a pretty scary place to live in. And I understand why a lot of celebrities have turned off comments when it comes to anything about Israel and Gaza. It just gets nasty really fast. People are, have such polar opposite views on this topic. It's It's wild.
1: Yeah, I mean, Amy Schumer, though, I think she's made herself a little bit more of a target cause she's not the other, she's not the only person that's kind of been pro Israel as far as celebrity goes. However, she said so, she's done some stuff in the past on social media that kind of ticked people the wrong way. Even recently with Nicole Kidman, if you remember, she uh, made fun of Nicole Kidman at the U S open and people like, dude, she was just enjoying herself. Like back, be nice. I, I, mm-hmm. I think in the past few months, she's just kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And this just added fuel to the fire. Um, When she added her comments back on, she did say, she did say, hey, when you say I'm rich, please add in self-made because I come from being dirt poor. Um, She goes, Senator Chuck Schumer is my dad's second cousin once removed. I didn't meet him until I was 25. Um, So she's, she also, people call me a failed comic. I'm the most successful female comedian of all time. I didn't know that, by the way. I mean, what do you consider
0: success? I did not realize she was the most successful female comedy of all time. That's... That's a, that's huge. Yeah. You know, like yeah, but I'm trying that to like, self, mo- I, yeah, that,
1: I'm, that, that's a self, I don't know who, who awarded that achievement to so, the most successful female comedian of all time. Well, I mean, I'm the most successful podcaster
0: that. of all time.
1: That is true. We don't deny that. We accept
0: that for what it is.
1: <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, but for her to say she's the most successful female comedian of all time is a big statement. I don't know who told her that, but, it it depends on what you determine success. It, it does it go into ticket sales? Does it go into going to movies?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't. I don't really know. I don't even know if you could really give that title to someone. So I don't know. It's listen. I, I support Amy on this post about what she's doing. You know about her comments about this. But in the past, I think she's just she um she's wrote people the wrong way.
0: Yeah. Well, I I. Th- I... I encourage people to have a voice, especially right now. No matter what side you're on, I, I think that's important, and to to say your your piece out there. Um, I think where I I struggle is just when it gets to be so negative, and it becomes a greeting br- br- ground for just negativity and incurring violence and all that kind of stuff. That's where I like have to draw the line and say nope. That's that's where it stops. Like at the end of the day, if if you're wanting peace, you can't say, I want peace on one side, but I want people to die on the other side. Like that's that's not what I think is healthy. So, all right, let's move on here. Moving on to number nine. Number nine, Tori Spelling got herself a new boyfriend. Um, so she was seen out making out, kissing this new guy. His name is uh, Ryan Kramer. I guess he's a CEO of some company here in Los Angeles. Um, but they were they were out in L.A., Looked like they left dinner in Santa Monica, and they were just making out. And to me, it kind of seemed like she knew the cameras were there, if you ask me personally, that she wanted this to be seen. She, Because oh, yeah. you got to remember Dean McDermott, her ex-husband, or a strange husband, I don't think they've made any progress on this divorce, but... He was seen out kissing his new young girlfriend at LAX the other day. We talked about that on the podcast. And so she was like, well, I need to be seen out kissing someone. So she's strolling down the street with this guy. They're holding hands. They're making out. They're doing all that kind of stuff. It's, it's typical playbook Hollywood. You don't want to be the person who doesn't have someone. You don't want to be on the other side of it that uh, it seems like the lonely single person. So it makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, I, again, I, I just – I don't know for sure because I don't know the photographer who shot this. I don't know uh, kind of anything regarding the the setup of this, so I can't confirm it. However, I have to imagine, Dax, if you had a guess, if this, if this was a setup shot, if Tori wanted to be seen kissing her new guy, what would you
0: say? I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, this is a 15. Yeah, it's
1: – I mean, I get it.
0: I, um, <laughs> but I, again, again I, I don't hate it. I, I, she is consistently keeping herself in the news and that's why I want her on this podcast so fucking bad. Cause she knows how, how to work it. And she's been doing it for so many years. So, yeah, I
1: mean, it's crazy that they're able to identify the guy so quick because this guy <laughs> that, who she's missing is that, not a
0: celebrity. I a hundred percent agree with you. It's almost, it's funny. Cause when I was reading the story, it was almost like they copied and pasted out of his LinkedIn profile. <laughs> yeah. Like everything they were saying CEO. about him. Yeah, he is the yeah, CEO. They're... He uh, he has also directed TV intros for independent film channel and an art director as iFilm. And like they literally just listed off his entire IMDb resume. It was pretty fun.
1: Yeah, he's the CEO of a Santa
0: Monica-based agency, the Neuron Syndicate. Syndicate. Yeah. And he corporate. previously so, designed gaming packaging for Microsoft. Like that's LinkedIn right there. Gaming yeah. packaging for Microsoft, and was an art director for Toyota slash Lexus. Come on, that's, someone yeah. tipped them off to his name, and I, uh, and they went and did some research. Or he my sent only over question his is, IMDb. With, yeah,
1: my own, <laughs> yeah. Make sure you post. Make sure you tag me. Um, my only question is with this: if he knew about it, or if she set him up. That's mm. my own question. Did she set him up or did, was he? Well aware he seems of like what was he seems on?
0: pretty comfortable in all these photos, like smiling and stuff. So I'm I'm gonna assume that he knew the like, cameras no, were there.
1: And there's one photo of him like making eye contact with the camera, so I'm sure he had to be aware of something going on. But well to I would get say that, that, that shot, that means you need to be following Tory spelling for a long time just for that one shot. And honestly, it's not worth that much money or it's worth that much time. So They had to make it worth the photographer's time to give that kissing photo. and uh, But at the end of the day, listen, I'm not mad at it. She seems happy. He seems happy. Dean seems happy. It all, I guess, worked out.
0: Right? Yeah, 100%. I want both of them to be happy.
1: And we want her to come on the podcast. We have a lot of questions, Tori Spelling. My first question, have you ever, be honest with us, have you ever done a setup shot? So. Yeah.
0: That would be my first question. Um, number eight. Number eight. Jason Aldean claiming that try that in a small town music video did not have racist undertones uh, because people of all colors were doing stuff in it. <laughs> Uh, So he did this whole interview with CBS Good Morning. And if you remember when he put out that song, Try That in a Small Town, people went nuts. People felt that it was a super racist video, basically saying that, um, you know, it was insinuating that black people were creating all this chaos and violence around the country. And he's saying, try that in a small town. It's not going to happen Uh, and a lot of people said, you know, it was a call to arms in small towns, all this kind of stuff. Well, he is saying that is not the case. He said, you know, it was... It was uh, featuring people of all different colors in the music video so how could anyone think that that is what it was saying he says i just i don't understand you know there were white people in there there was black people um and this video did not shine a light on one specific group and to say that's the problem so people saw that in the video when they're looking so hard in the video and all they can tell i can tell you um so Interesting statement. I'm not sure a lot of people necessarily agree with it. I will let that be up to the viewer themselves to decide whether or not that is BS on his part. But and he claims, you know, and it was also filmed outside this uh, courthouse where there was a, a black man who was... Um, lynched back like in the day and so that was another spot it was like this was a very sensitive area to be filming a music video and his response to that was you know listen any place in the south there, there was probably some horrific event that happened in its past and he's like I had no idea that that took place at this location and I also just don't have time to go back and look at every location in the history for 200 years past and um I mean, I can understand that defense, but at the same time, you know, you, you're also, if every place in the South has a horrific past, maybe choose a different spot. <laughs> you know, do do it outside of uh, some other building and, and call it a, a small town. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, it, he, I think he felt, you know, we see a lot of celebrities apologizing. I feel like with this situation... I don't. I don't want to be wrong, but I felt like he was deeply sorry. Like he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" This got taken way out of context. I did not know. I like this is just. This is not who I am. I, I for something with this apology, I felt like it was genuine. Do you yeah. not feel like that, or?
0: So I can feel that the apology is genuine. Do I feel like the way that the video went out? Um, oh, the way, I the way, the way that it, it was I could clearly see clearly. I, I, I think that it was clearly done in a specific way to stir up feelings within people. Um, really, so I, I
1: you know what I, I could see that point.
0: I think, um,
1: I, but I think do you? I wonder if he was, and I say this sounds so screwed up, intelligent enough to really have that perspective. Or something well, else on his team was like, "Dude, let's kind of ruffle the feathers a little bit." He's like, "Whoa, whoa!" I well, did I not. Well, I think when
0: you're when you're putting video footage from riots and stuff in your video, you know that is going to make people feel a certain way. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you are you are asking for people to be upset. Like, if there was a music video that went out right now that is showing the conflict in in Gaza people are going to feel a certain way. You know what I'm saying? If you are pushing your side versus the other side, people are going to get upset. And I think he wanted people to get upset because that turns into publicity, which turns into downloads. The song made it to the Billboard Hot 100 in in the midst of all the backlash. So it kind of did what it was supposed to do. But I think when you, I would rather, I I feel like someone could be sorry about like, oh, maybe I went too far which is all good, but to act like it doesn't exist is another thing for me.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. It was, he wanted to kind of make people feel something. I don't think he was ready, or his team was ready for the way people were going to react or feel about it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've done something like this where, so I did some, I told you I did some with the Nelk Boys, which is a popular YouTube crew, and I had this funny idea that and again, this was Back early September before, there was a lot more stuff going on in the world where the guys, we had a fake movie bottle. And we would break it over one of the guys' heads and kind of run away and see everyone's reaction. And I thought it would be really funny to see the reaction. But then I didn't think of how other people would react to it because they were generally yeah. scared. And uh, uh,
0: that was yeah. a I mean, little bit been times, I, I think I've also had moments where like, I was <laughs> – pissed off or took out my anger on social media and then immediately realized like, Oh shit, I can't say that right now. Like I, I'm mad, but I need to, I need to take a breather and take five minutes to think about my actions before putting that out there. Because if you're someone who's an, a legit star, you put it out there, it's out there. Like you can't yeah. take it back. No, and that's because you a bigger realize, story. Yeah. And Luckily, I'm not a big star, so I could say something, realize I was an idiot, take it down, and and all is good still in the world. Yeah. Um... Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. All right, let's take a quick break. I want to talk about our sponsor today, Factor. Uh, you know, Factor's got these delicious, ready-to-eat meals that make eating better every day so much easier. You just want to head over to factormeals.com rawpod 50 Use our code, RawPod50, to get 50% off. Listen, they got over 35 different options to choose from, including people who are into keto diets, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so many more. Uh, I think my thing is I am constantly on the run. I have zero time in my life, and they've got these easy two-minute meals, which is basically, they tell them, is you fuel up fast. You've got these restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and heat up whenever you are. So don't let the food dictate your life, you just kind of pop it in, get it ready to go. They've also got snacks and smoothies, so many more, you know, you can kind of really plan out your entire day with breakfast, midday bites, so many more. I'm a huge snacker myself, so that's kind of like what I lean to. So if you are interested in checking out Factor for the first time, head on over to factormeals.com slash rawpod50, use our code rawpod50 to get 50% off, that's code raw. Pod50 at factormeals.com slash raw pod50 to get 50% off. Trust me, you're going to love it. You'll thank us later.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, um, I think he is definitely sympathetic. He was uh, about what happened, but like you said, the video did what they sort of wanted. I just don't think mm-hmm. they're ready for that reaction or to that yep. extreme of the reaction they got. Uh, moving along to number seven.
0: All right. Number seven, Tyler Christopher, the star of General Hospital, has passed away at the age of 50. Um, this was kind of shocking news. Uh, basically, his uh, representative put out a statement saying this news was incredibly shocking. I'm devastated by his loss. He was a very gifted actor and more importantly, an amazing friend. My heart goes out to his friends and family who loved him so much. Um, so yeah, I mean, he was a big like soap act a soap opera actor. Um, Did you know that he was married to Eva Longoria from 2002 to 2004? I I did did, not realize that. that. Yeah. Yeah, So um, he does have a a child. Um, Anyway, I wanted to mention this. He, he did earn a daytime Emmy nomination um, back, back in the day, back in like 2018, 19, something like that for days of our lives. Uh, So he was pretty successful actor, um, but I did want to mention his passing in this rundown.
1: Yeah, um, it was a big story. I am not a days over Our Were you ever a soap opera guy? No.
0: No. Was your family growing up soap opera? I mean, I guess here's the thing. I say that, but then I guess there's TV shows that can be considered soap opera-ish. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like a lot of TV shows that are out there aren't in the – they don't call them soap operas, but they kind of are like – I remember my wife and I used to watch Pretty Little Liars back in the day. I mean uh, yeah. the fucking soap opera, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Soap opera still exists just in a different sort of way. It's not the same yep. kind of long I don't know. It's it's kind of sad, but sort Cheesy of Easy drama. I mean, yeah. Like I don't even know they're still on T V, right? Essentially.
0: Like I think so.
1: It's <laughs> right. We don't even know if it's still on TV. That's how the world has changed. You you used to know if a soap opera was on TV, but now it's just a weird thing. My mom used to always love soap operas. I never, it wasn't my thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, instead, I watched Laguna Beach, which was it's a soap Again, opera. Again, just shot soap in opera.
0: Way. Exactly. It was <laughs> yeah. packaged in a different box. And so that's, you know, they didn't call it a soap opera. It was, it was a scripted soap opera.
1: Sad news. Uh, Tyler Christopher will remember you. For being married to even Longoria will marry you for, <laughs> I mean, we're laughing. No, it's sad. It's, <laughs> it's, we'll remember you for, uh, obviously it just sucks. It's uh, anytime someone passes, someone else is hurting. We want people to hurt.
0: Uh, number six. Number six. Kanye West apparently now lives in an apartment with no security, no nannies, no chef. All after moving out of that massive Calabasas mansion. So Kim Kardashian on one of the recent episodes of their show was talking to Courtney uh, and just kind of saying, you know, like, man, you know, North goes over to Kanye's house and then comes back and she's like, Oh, daddy's the best. He's got it all figured out. You know, he, he doesn't have a nanny. We make, we make our own food. He doesn't have security. He, he lives in an apartment and she'll cry. Why don't you have an apartment? I can't believe we don't have an apartment and which is obviously funny to the entire world because she lives in this ridiculous mansion in Calabasas, which every person around the world would love to live in, but uh, she's crying because she can't live in an apartment, which the rest of us live in. Um, so it, it was obviously one of those moments that not a lot of people can relate to, but we're going to go with it. <laughs> and um Anyway, uh, it just—it's kind of interesting to hear that Kanye does not live in a big compound. Like, I'm surprised to hear he doesn't live with security. And on that note, her saying this on her television show doesn't that kind of put him at risk a little bit, knowing that he doesn't have security?
1: You're, but you know what, Kanye. I guess this article showed, and you know, as we know now, he doesn't have security. But believe it or not, Kanye didn't really roll around with security often. And it was weird the times he would have security. If he did have security, it was never a big entourage. He was actually never even a big SUV guy. He was always like, in, at least in New York, he was driven around in a Mercedes sedan. So he was mm-hmm. kind of very low key, and I think he liked being somewhat like just normal. And that's why I would say Kanye was even when he was at his biggest, he was a very approachable person. Whereas, you know, when you think of some of the big rappers out there, from Jay Z to uh, even someone like Pharrell, like they weren't approachable. Kanye was a guy, like if you saw him, you could go up to him and they actually engage with him and have a conversation a conversation with him. So I'm not surprised by the security thing. The chef, you know, I can't I, – I mean it would be funny to see Kanye start cooking. But that's one thing right, I it, would – like Well, you could give me no security, but I need the chef
0: she was saying though that North was like excited that they're making their own meals. And she was like, Oh, so you're making like ramen noodles at dad's house. Like that's, that's cool. So it's just funny to hear Kanye West, no security apartment, eating ramen ramen noodles. It's just, it's in such contrast to what you picture Kanye doing. Like you, you think of him being over the top eccentric, you know, you would think that he would be eating like caviar every night because it's Kanye West and he needs that like ridiculous lifestyle
1: but I also think we you know I hate
0: to
1: kind of weird thing to think about but like Kim Kardashian which I know a lot of people have to go after her and she's an easy target for people but she's always been very well grounded even when it came to Kanye and stuff that he was going through um she's like listen for my child like I think it's important for my kid to kind of have that life and not be know, have to be cooking, to learn how to cook, to yeah. kind of live in a normal apartment and not know that everything is luxurious. And I'm sure you live in a nice apartment, but not everything's big and massive. And to kind of have, I mean, who I don't want to say a normal life because nobody, there's no such thing as a normal life. Everyone has their own version of reality, but have a different perspective on life.
0: Well, what's funny is that Daily Mail, like, uh, I don't know how long ago this was, but they actually broke the news that he was in an apartment. But by the way, this is a West Hollywood apartment where he's allegedly paying $20,000 per month in a luxury building. So when we say apartment, it's still a Kanye apartment. <laughs> you know, the yeah. the amenities of this building include a heated pool, rooftop cafe, private cinema, valet, a bar, a lounge area, 24-hour concierge. So I, I think when she's, you know, when the world first hears it they're like oh wow he's living in an apartment and we're all picturing like the apartment that we would be living in which is you know like a two-bedroom and he's living in a twenty thousand dollar per month this is this is not a dinky apartment by any means
1: yeah so it's i don't do we i'm debating if he should even be able to still call it an apartment
0: Yeah, that's Uh, like a loft. I I don't even. It's hard to say apartment. This is a luxury living space in a fancy ass building.
1: Yeah, it's uh, must be nice. Must be nice. (laughs) Number five.
0: Number five. Oh shoot! I just dropped this one. Hold on. I got to re bring it up. Celine Dion. Um reappearing she has been out of the public eye for quite some time after her diagnosis of the stiff person syndrome Uh, but she reappeared uh, the other day she went to a hockey game in Las Vegas Uh, the Golden Knights were playing the Montreal Canadiens on I think it was Monday and so she showed up and kind of like like the locker room area to talk to the players and give them some encouragement. And uh, actually, the coach of the Montreal Canadiens team, he came up to her and I guess he said in French, like, I remember when you were 14 years old, you sang uh, for the Pope. And he goes, you know, I I, I was there. And he said he was, I I, I guess it was a a cool moment that he can now go full circle and being able to talk to her in person. And she's like, well, it's it's been a long time <laughs> and he goes yeah but you haven't changed much which is that was really sweet and then you know she went on to say stay strong healthy um and, and basically encourage the team uh for the game so i just thought i thought that was cool we haven't seen her in so long she looks good um and this syndrome that she goes through is it's a uh, it's pretty debilitating. So if people don't know about stiff person syndrome, it is a rare chronic condition that causes muscle stiffness and painful muscle spasms. Uh, and then the severity of the symptoms varies from person to person. There's no cure for it, but the treatment can help manage system and slow the progression of the uh, syndrome down. Uh, but I hear it is very, very, very painful. Like imagine like when you get a cramp in your leg, have you ever had a cramp, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. But imagine like your whole body doing it at once. Like the pain when like your leg is like, oh, it like gets all tight. Imagine that in like all of your muscles and you can't like release it. And uh, I do know someone that has it and like stress can induce it. There's certain things that can like trigger it. So you've got to, you know, you got to take it easy. And like I said, it can be very debilitating. So it just sucks to know that she is going through that.
1: Yeah, she's a Celine Dion. It's funny. I was having a conversation with a guy last night. I was actually at, um, what was I? I was at the Olive Tree Cafe last night. I was with, uh, I know some people in our audience know it was, I was hanging out with uh, Jared, Jared Freed. I'm trying to think if I saw any other celebrities. I saw a few SNL people there. Um, saw Sam Minaj there. Um, eh, just like a hang. But we were talking about Celine Dion last night. And she's one of these people where, she was talented. I mean, we all know she was a, a great she voice. She
0: was talented. She's no, like she, the, one she of is. the most talented singers on the planet.
1: But I feel like she was the 90s Adina Menzel.
0: No, she was the 90s Celine Dion.
1: All right, Dax, name me five and Celine, Celine is. Dion songs.
0: <laughs> They're like, who's got a better voice than Celine Dion. She's got a great voice, but give me Name five. one person that yeah, has a better voice than Celine Dion. Exactly. Nobody
1: can name five. Like, yeah, she has a great voice, but we never heard, like, I, I don't know. I was talking to people last night. We in a group conversation with a bunch of people, some notable people, and no one could name three. I think we even didn't even get to three Celine Dion songs.
0: No, I think that you could if you really took the time, because I could go down her list of famous songs and you'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, but it's well, Celine Dion. Say this. My heart will go on. The power of love. All by myself. That's the way it is. I'm alive. I love you. See, I mean, we can go. The beauty you know of the those beast. songs. No, I'm looking at it on Google.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Celine, Dion, here's the thing: is Celine Dion though very nice in person. Every time I've seen her and met her, she's always what you want her to be. She was like a nice Canadian person.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's she's dope. I I really. I have nothing bad to say about Celine. She's been, she's just awesome.
1: She's she's a legend, but a unique legend. In my opinion. <laughs> unique legend. <laughs> you know why? Because she's legend. It,
0: it's because she's so over the top, and that's one thing that you love about her is that she is like unapologetically a little diva-ish, crazy. But that's why I think she's so fascinating. You know what I'm saying? She's like,
1: never like cool, but she because she wasn't cool she was cool.
0: Yeah. And like the the amount of times they they made fun of her on Saturday Night Live and I'm the best singer in the world, you know, but but that was her and she didn't stop being herself even if people made fun of her and that's what I like about her. Yeah. Um number Four decks. Number four, Britney Spears's memoir is selling like crazy. There's already been over 1.1 million copies uh, in the sold in the U.S. alone through its first week, which is huge for any celebrity memoir, uh, beating out like basically everyone's memoir except for Prince Harry. Uh, I guess that was the uh, the fastest selling uh memoir of the year i think it did like 1.6 million copies within the first week uh but this is nothing to um blink an eye at because she is doing really well i think the copies that are really doing well are the audiobook with michelle williams voicing it that's been uh, i mm. guess going like crazy as well so um but it's gonna rake in was a it, lot of money for her it,
1: it made a lot of money for her, and we talked about last week how her cut was going to be, but she did not beat Prince
0: Harry. No, but that, I mean, but I don't think that is Prince, is, Prince Harry, he's, you know, this huge international symbol. Everyone is so compelled by anything royal family, so I'm not necessarily surprised. Uh, but for Britney Spears, this is a massive success that you you can't knock.
1: Oh, 100%. But do you think her putting out all those stories in the news the last two, three weeks that we spoke about on the podcast and the Raw Rundown, do you think all those stories that she pushed out kind of maybe hurt sales? Potentially she could have maybe beat Prince Harry but because she leaked so much. People said, you know what? I don't need to read the book. I know everything there is to know about this book.
0: No, because there was this much coverage on Prince Harry too. Yeah,
1: but mm, I think people – and I don't know if there's no right or wrong answer. People might think maybe, maybe Prince Harry actually wrote his book. I mean, he had some person, t- you know. Would you stop with the, the write your
0: own book crap? No one cares if they write their own book. They just want to hear the stories. I know. I do. I, I want to believe that and there's no chance he sat down at a damn typewriter and wrote his own book. Like, it's just, it's not happening. Everyone gets help writing books. Like, no one is a Stephen King at the end of the day or a Dan Brown, like, they need help writing a book.
1: I'm going to talk to the few celebrities I know and ask them. I know some celebrities who did not write their book, and I won't say their name. Um, uh, yeah, but I Obama and um, I, oh, <laughs> who wrote no, no, but I, I know I know a few celebrities who didn't write their book. But there's some celebrities who I'm, I know who who wrote their. I I, I want to because I felt like when I read it, I read it in their voice.
0: If you, you can still, like a writer, if they have talent, they can still write it in someone's voice because they are listening to the stories and they're recording what the celebrity is saying and dictating what they're saying. And then all they got to do is turn around and put that in a book. If you're a talented writer, that would be an easy thing for you.
1: I, being a writer seems like a miserable job. Can you imagine just sitting, or is it fascinating? That's
0: because we, we suck being... at writing. Yeah. And I would need a writer for my book.
1: I just would love to know the setup. Is it just you and Brittany in a cave just sitting there like, all right, Brittany, tell me everything.
0: In a cave? Yeah. You're just sitting in her living room talking. She's like, hold on. I need to go She's post just the video. She's going back and, and forth. She like, like gets up and goes and does a TikTok. Comes back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Wait, hold on. I got to do a TikTok. She goes in the kitchen, does some weird TikTok, comes back with a knife. And says, okay, I want to talk about the story about Justin. Um, yeah. Oh,
0: uh, number three. Number three, Lindsay Hubbard speaking up about uh, her, quote-unquote, humiliating split from Carl Radke, Uh, you know, these two Summer House stars. This was a big deal. We covered this one a couple months back when the news first broke, but now she is talking all about it. Um, I guess it was like three months ago when we talked about it. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, she's opening up about how he basically called off their engagement less than three months before their wedding, which was supposed to be happening in November. Uh, She said she was completely blindsided by him calling off their nuptials. She said that he blew up my entire life. I was crying. I was angry. I had to find closure on my own. Now I'm at a place where I feel really good about moving on. And um, I got to imagine this being hard because you think about – a silly little relationship that you've had in the past. And when it ended, it was painful. And if you didn't want it to end, but this is a relationship that not only was extremely public, but like everyone knew about it. You were headed to the altar and then it just blows up in your face. Like that's got to suck.
1: Yeah. Um, I think there's a, it's been, uh, so I am a summer house fan and Mm -hmm. I think that, um, This was Kyle was the first one who kind of spilled the beans a little bit from the show about the breakup of Carl and Lindsay, and they're two veterans of the show. They're two kind of uh, unicorns of the show because Lindsay's been been in a a lot of relationships. Carl's had his own issues with uh, substance abuse, which he's now sober. So I think a lot of people are speculating why they broke up, and Lindsay kind of said, "Listen, there's no cheating. Uh, Carl was sober." I'm still hurting. This is the first time she spoke. It's interesting that she just released a statement and finally spoke about it right before BravoCon, which mm. kind of swallows up and takes up a lot of energy of BravoCon. I mean, you're going there this weekend. I I have to imagine besides Jill, uh, we'll, we'll get into another story, but this will be one of the bigger stories of BravoCon because she hasn't spoken about it. She hasn't posted much. He hasn't spoken much, and this was the first time she spoke about it. Uh, a lot of questions. Apparently, Carl is – Sleep on a friend's couches right now he's letting Lindsay stay in the apartment they have a very expensive apartment in new york city um some people are wondering how they're even paying their bills but i'm sure you know rents exp- i don't know it's very expensive where they're where they're living. i so, love
0: what a huge summer house fan you are i think it's hilarious like you are such probably, a little honestly like, game girl with this show
1: Yes, I'm a fan girl of the show. I get it, okay, Dax. I'm a loser. However, <laughs> this is the only Bravo show that I actually like, really kind of invest myself in because um, it's good. I don't know. It's something like New York based, so I kind of uh, I'm more interested in it. I know two of the guys who are going to be on the new season of Summer House that's going to come out in uh, the winter. Um, Winter House is going on right now. I don't really watch. I tried watching it. I don't think it's that interesting. But, um, yeah, it's um, – what can I say? It's Lindsay's finally speaking. Just so coincidentally, she finally released this statement right before BravoCon. Yep. It's taking all the energy from the room.
0: Taking the energy. But not only that, there's so much going on with Bravo right now between that Vanity Fair article that came oh, out. Yeah. Um, let's get into, I guess, what number are we on? Two? Number two. All right, Dax. Number two. Number two. uh, This big old Vanity Fair bombshell about Bravo dropped this week. A lot of people waiting for this to come out. Um, And Bethany Frankel, Leah McSweeney, all kind of responding to it. So this Vanity Fair article... Was kind of like the reality reckoning that uh, comes from Bravo. It's and it's Real Housewife franchise. The expose was published on on Monday. It documented allegations of racism against Ramona Singer, which she denied, by the way. Um, it also went into um, how Leah McSweeney said the producers were insensitive towards her struggles with mental health and alcohol addiction, um, and then it. it, it Basically, it, it wasn't the best working environment. I think there was mentions of how like uh, people were, if they were if they were trying to be sober, that the production company would stock their rooms with alcohol. You know, just like crappy things in, in general. But getting into, I think probably one of the biggest things was Ramona Singer, who. Um, comes across really racist um and allegedly said that black people would ruin our show because if you remember ebony joined her season i think season 13 um and so ebony uh was coming out talking all about this saying that uh a singer allegedly used the n-word at one point um and uh I guess they did like a whole investigation after the season and they, they cleared Ramona. Um, but it said that there was a, a really racially motivated comments that she was used back in the day. And, um, and it just sounds really bad. And it, I don't know, man, like, I guess, you know, with all this attention on Ramona right now, going into Bravo Con, they actually removed her from the lineup at Bravo Con because that's all anyone's going to want to be talking about. And I think that it would almost overshadow BravoCon at this point to have her there because people are going to be like, you know, if, if, if there's racist allegations, there's no way that, you know, they're going to want people asking her about that, especially if she's on like a panel or something.
1: Yeah. Bethany asked um, Ebony Williams if she would like, hey, if you want to speak your side, you're welcome to come on my podcast. I, I think it's a very unique, weird thing. Obviously, this again, this article came out right before BravoCon because BravoCon is going to take over the algorithm, the news sites this coming weekend. It did it last mm-hmm. year. They're very good at kind of so many stories come out of BravoCon. That's actually hard to keep up with. With that said, you have to kind of question. I'm sure there's some stuff because I've been involved in TV as, as for you and there's some stuff that's kind of it, it, it is a very difficult work environment um, when it comes to TV or I'm sure to reality TV. But I don't know. Me personally, I question if Bethany is actually in it for the right reasons, or is this uh, she, a way she, of- she's
0: a capitalist on when it comes to publicity. <laughs> let's yeah. let's be honest here.
1: She's like, come on my podcast, yeah. You, hey Ebony, come on my podcast. Like, wait, what? Like now you're putting the pressure on. Uh, on ebony like oh ebony go on her podcast like why go on he's like
0: i don't need you i'm good thanks i I don't need you right now i do have to say there was um there one of the allegations that came out was during that season singer allegedly told a black uh woman staffer there's so many of you guys here now please don't change your hair as i'm not going to be able to remember anyone's names oh my god like yeah yikes not good
1: it's Dax, Dax, you're gonna get Bravo times eighty this weekend. You're, I, you're gonna come back looking like a housewife. This weekend. You're gonna come out all botoxed up. Just, uh. you're gonna look so weird when you come back. You're gonna look like a housewife husband. You're gonna wear a turtleneck. I can't wait to see what you look like after this weekend. So
0: funny, um,
1: <laughs> but yeah. Anyone you who's a bravo, fan, dressed as a bravo
0: husband, <laughs> yeah, anyone who is a uh, bravo fan, go read the whole Vanity Fair article. It is uh, getting a lot of people talking this week, um, a lot of stuff in there. Uh, so go check it out.
1: All right, Dax, the number one story of the
0: week. Oh, this one's so sad. I hate it, I don't even want to talk about it. So sad, but uh. Matthew Perry passed away this week. Obviously, this was the biggest story by far. Everyone was talking about his sudden death. Um, he was found deceased in his hot tub in his Los Angeles home on Saturday at the age of 54. There's a whole uh, investigation underway to, like, why he passed away. Um the initial autopsy results are pretty inconclusive. I guess the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office confirmed the autopsy was completed, uh, but the death is deferred as it's pending additional investigation, which means, like, they need to do the toxicology repor- uh, results. And that normally takes weeks. They got to find out what was in his system at the time. There were no illegal drugs found at his home. Um, which is a good thing, but there was a bunch of prescription medications that were recovered at the home. So that's why the toxicology report is so important right now, because um, he did have years-long addictions to alcohol and prescription painkillers. He talked about that in his uh, his memoir. Um, they do not believe that there was any foul play that was suspected here. It was literally like his assistant, he was alive, his assistant left to go run an errand, came back, and he was underwater at that point. And it sounds like assistant pulled his head up, um, made that call to 911 about drowning. Um, but, you know, in his last day, I guess he was playing pickleball, which apparently has been really good for him because it's keep it helping keep his sobriety. So he's been focusing a lot of time on playing pickleball and staying healthy. and um, Yeah, just so sad his uh obviously uh what everyone was kind of waiting for was the statement from any of the the friends co uh co-stars jen aniston courtney lisa matt david schwimmer they did put out a really uh, a joint statement and it just said this we are all so utterly devastated by the loss of matthew we Uh, We're more than just castmates. We were family. There's just so much to say, but right now we're going to take a moment and grieve and process this unfathomable loss, and time will say more, as then uh, when we're able to, for now, our thoughts and love are with Matt's family, his friends, and everyone who loved him around the world. Ah, just crushing, crushing loss.
1: Yeah, very sad. Um, You know, so, Dax, you obviously have been on the forefront of stories like this, you know, when there's a huge celebrity death, you are battling to get information. Can you break yeah. it down for me? What happens? Like, okay, the death happens, you're working on the story. You got, you know, you kind of cracked the case. How would, how are the, how are the journalists approaching the story? How do the police work in it? Is like a, cha- is it battle between the invested the detectives and the police versus the news outlets? Cause they're trying to see who could find out the answers to this story. Quicker, I I don't know. you
0: just yeah. I would say with any huge breaking story, there is a level of like you're just trying to figure out anything at that point. So you're calling any sources, anyone you know. You're trying to find out any details that could have been provided by police or the coroner or anyone to just give you something to put out there right like people want answers at that point and there's there's so much confusion at the beginning of a big story like this Um, but I think what happens is then you start like now we're seeing stories break about you know him being out to lunch the day before he was out with a girl oh he was playing pickleball so the initial is break the story and see if you can get any details of what was at the scene how he died What was in his room, that kind of thing. And then it's okay, now you start going back in time. And if he was playing pickleball, anyone take any photos of him playing pickleball? How did he look? You know, is there any signs or clues to his health and stability the days before? Do we see anything there? And then you're 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 just trying to piece this puzzle together of why he was found dead in his hot tub and i think that's really what it comes down to i'm sure there'll be stories of like you know oh the hot tub that he was found in you know the sales are plummeting, you know, like there's going to be random other stories that you see come out. It'll be the, the sale of his house. That'll be the next thing. Um, you know, who's getting the money for his estate. So you're just trying to expand on a story that people are really interested in at the moment is really,
1: I also think that, you know, me personally, I think there's a competition between the det- you know, the police are working on this and sto- a story like this, that's so high profile and people are concerned about and care about. Because they are trying to not be beat out by the media outlets, the journalists out there. The journalists, if you want to call them journalists or detectives, they work very similar. And they're trying to break a story. And they want to be able to get it before the police and be like, oh, we got this. And why didn't the police have this story? I remember just the Ray Rice story when that situation happened, when Ray Rice, the NFL player, hit a girl, his girlfriend in the elevator. It was like a battle, but who could get to the story, the bottom line, the quickest. And I remember what? the quickest I, I, I the quickest I ever did a story is I, you know when I found the bong that Amanda Bynes or if it was a bong left the bottle that Amanda Bynes might have threw out window. the window of her apartment. I remember the police showed up within minutes, and not even just the police. I mean, like multiple, multiple cop cars showed up. Because they're like, oh, my God, we look like idiots if yeah. this guy beat him, beat us out of the story.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say in the next part of it is now you've got a lot of photographers because there are so many high profile people associated with him that you're going to have all the cameramen out there trying to get any footage of Aniston, Kudrow, you know, mm-hmm. Schwimmer, any of them um, leaving their houses or anything I saw that Courtney Cox was out eating or was out with her, her boyfriend. Um, but you're going to want to see the rest of the cast. That's just, that's the nature of the game. Yep. You're going to, you're going to want to see the rest of them.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. No, the one part I think was sort of weird was the, I guess TMZ got video of the girl that was last seen with Matthew Perry, I guess the, uh,
0: at the restaurant.
1: yeah, Yeah. At the restaurant. She's now doing interviews like, oh, he was, call- you know, he wasn't the Batman. He was just a nice guy. He was a good, like, why are you doing interviews like? Just now's not the time for the family and everything. I don't know. I to me, I think it's in poor taste. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. You're 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 just some girl out with him the night before. Again, there's other people that are closer. I don't think right now the family wants to see this.
0: Agreed. You know, I would like, agree with that.
1: Such it's so in poor taste. This girl calls herself a an entertainment reporter and model. Um, I call myself an entertain- a street journalist and a uh, piece of shit. But <laughs> 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 oh, but God. yeah, it's just sad, man. I I broke the news to a buddy of mine that Matthew Perry died and he was like the biggest friend fanatic and he, he was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, it took him like minutes to kind of for it to like soak in. Like,
0: wait, what? Same, same like what? what? My wife and I such big Friends fans, like huge Friends fans. I think we have like the entire DVD set of the entire series. Um, so we watched a lot of Friends, and it's just sad.
1: sad, sad yeah, sad. it's really a bummer. I mean, we're not going to find out how essentially he passed for a while. Yeah. But, yeah, it's I it was just – Shocking. Very
0: weird. Just very weird. All right. I got to go pack because I'm going to Vegas for BravoCon. So I got to go pack because I clearly haven't done that. And I need to be on a plane in a couple hours. So I'm to Yeah, go I got to
1: go that. find a trench coat for a porn convention.
0: So <laughs> I uh... –
1: I gotta try to look as creepy as possible, so we're all going different ways here. Um, thank you guys for listen, listening to the raw rundown. Uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We have a private Facebook group called Off the Record. Follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.
0: A Huda Media Production.